Chapter Eight of Lives of Poor Boys Who Became Famous. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Ellie. Lives of Poor Boys Who Became Famous by Sarah Knowles Bolton. Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart. The quaint old city of Salzburg, Austria, built into the mountainside is a mecca for all who love music and admire the immortal mozart when he was alive his native city allowed him nearly to starve when he was dead she built him a beautiful monument and preserved his home a plain two-story stuccoed building for thousands of travellers to look upon sadly and tenderly wolfgang amadeus mozart was born january twenty seventh seventeen fifty six a delicate sensitive child who would ask a dozen times a day whether his friends loved him and if answered in the negative would burst into tears at three he began to show his passion for music he would listen intensely as his father taught his sister nannerl seven years old would move his playthings from one room to another to the sound of the violin and at four composed pieces which astonished his sire two years later the proud father took wolfgang and his sister on a concert tour to vienna so well did the boy play that the empress maria theresa held him in her arms and kissed him heartily one day, as he was walking between two of her daughters, he slipped on the polished floor and fell. Marie Antoinette, afterward Empress of France, raised him up, whereupon he said, You are very kind, I will marry you. The father was alarmed at the seeming audacity, but the lovely princess playfully kissed him. The next year he was taken to Paris, and here two sets of sonatas, the works of a boy of seven, were brought out, dedicated to Marie Antoinette. The children sat at the royal table, poems were written about them and everywhere they excited wonder and admiration yet so excessively modest was young mozart that he cried when praised too much in london bach took the boy between his knees and alternately they played his own great works and those of handel at sight royalty gave them gold snuff-boxes enough to set up a shop wrote home the father but in money i am poor wolfgang was now taken ill of inflammatory fever but he could not give up his music a board was laid across the bed, and on this he wrote out his thoughts in the notes. Finally, with other dampened, at their lack of pecuniary success, Leopold Mozart took his dear ones back to quiet Salzburg. Here the old archbishop, discrediting the reports of the boy's genius, shut him up alone for a week to compose an oratorio, the text furnished by himself. Mozart, only ten years old, stood the test brilliantly. The next year a second tour was taken to Vienna to be present at the marriage of the Archduchess Maria Josepha. The bride died from smallpox shortly after their arrival, and poor Wolfgang took the disease and was blind for nine days. When he recovered, the musicians, moved by envy and jealousy, would not be outdone by a boy of twelve, who was equally at home in German or Italian opera, and determined to hiss off the stage whatever he might compose. Sad at heart and disappointed, again the Mozarts went back to their old home. Two years later, after much self-sacrifice, the father took his boy to Italy for study. The first day in Passion Week, they went to the Sistine Chapel to hear the famous Misery of Allegheri, which was considered so sacred that the musicians were forbidden to take home any part of it or copy it out of the chapel, on pain of excommunication. Wolfgang, as soon as he reached his lodgings, wrote it out from memory, which remarkable feat for a boy of fourteen astonished all Rome. So wonderfully did he play, that the audience at Naples declared there was witchcraft in the ring which he wore on his left hand, and he was obliged to remove it. At Milan, when he was nearly fifteen, 
he composed the opera misery date conducting it himself which was given twenty nights in succession to enthusiastic audiences after this came requests for operas from maria theresa munich and elsewhere he was busy every moment overworked he was often ill but the need for money to meet heavy expenses made constant work a necessity all this time he wrote beautiful letters to his mother and sister kiss mamma's hand for me a thousand billion times is the language of his loving heart he could scarcely be said to have had any childhood but he kept his tenderness and affection to the last of his life after their return to salzburg finding the new archbishop even less cordial than the old the former had allowed wolfgang the munificent salary of five dollars in the fourth yearly it was deemed wise to try to find a new field of employment the father now sixty years of age must earn a pittance for the family by giving music lessons while the mother accompanied the son to paris the separation was a hard one for the devoted father who could not say good-bye to his idolized son and poor nana wept the whole day long mozart now twenty-one and famous well repaid this affection by his pure character he wrote i have god always before me whatever is according to his will is also according to mine therefore i cannot fail to be happy and contented stopping for a time at mannheim he attempted to gain the position of tutor to the elector's children but was disappointed here he fell in love with aloysia weber a pretty girl of fifteen whose father a prompter at the national theatre earned only two hundred dollars yearly for the support of his wife and six children the girl had a fine voice and mozart blinded by love asked no higher joy than to write operas in which she might be the star the good old father who had spent all his life in helping his son win fame was nearly heartbroken when he learned of this foolish affection and wrote him tenderly but firmly off with you to paris get the great fox on your side o cesar o nihil from paris the name and fame of a man of great talent goes through the whole world the young man carrying out his childish motto god first and then papa reluctantly started for paris here he did not meet with great success for scores of applicants waited for every position his loving mother soon died perhaps from over-economy in her cold dark lodgings and the young musician took his lonely way back to salzburg begging his father's consent to his stopping at mannheim to see the webers finding that aloysia had gone upon the stage at munich he hastened to see her she had been offered a good salary meantime mozart had won no laurels at paris he was small in stature and poor and the girl who wept at his departure a few months previously professed not scarcely to have seen his face before the young lover cut to the heart yet proud seated himself at the piano and played i leave the girl gladly who cares not for me and then hastened away to salzburg aloysia married a comedian and lived a most unhappy life gaining some fame from singing the music which mozart wrote for her he remained at home for a year and a half till called to munich to write the opera idomeneo and later to vienna here unfortunately he met the webers again and their father having died he boarded in the house and gave lessons to constance the younger sister of aloysia she was a plain good-hearted girl without much energy but with a great appreciation of her gifted teacher the result came naturally he fell in love with the penniless girl and despite the distress of his aged father at his choice married her when he was twenty-six and she eighteen henceforward there was no hope of anything save the direst poverty to marry without love is a grave mistake to marry simply for love is sometimes a mistake equally grave he could of course do nothing now for his aged father or sister unsteady employment a rapidly increasing family and a wife ill most of the time made the struggle for existence 
ten times harder than before his marriage once when he had prepared to visit his father for the first time after the wedding and waited for months for the necessary funds he was arrested for a debt of fifteen dollars just as he was stepping into the carriage the emperor joseph said to him one day why did you not marry a rich wife with dignity mozart once replied sire i trust that my genius will always enable me to support the woman i love but unfortunately it did not he wrote after his marriage the moment we were made one my wife as well as myself began to weep which touched every one even the priest and they all cried when they witnessed how our hearts were moved how little they dreamed that they should weep more seriously when hunger stared their six children in the face from the time of his marriage till his death nine years says reverend mr harweis his life can be compared to nothing but a torch burning out rapidly in the wind it was a period of incessant astonishing labor he dedicated six quartets to his dear friend joseph haydn who said mozart is the greatest composer who has ever lived wrote figaro when he was twenty-nine which had the greatest popularity don giovanni at thirty-one and the flotta magico gratis for the benefit of the theatre director who was in want the two later creations were hailed with delight goethe wrote to schiller later of don giovanni the piece stands entirely alone and mozart's death has rendered all hope of anything like it idle whenever he appeared at the theatre he was called upon the stage from all parts of the house yet all this time he could not earn enough to live he received only a hundred dollars from his don giovanni and less for the others he gave lessons every hour he could spare concerts in the open air borrowed from his friends scrimped himself to send money to his sick wife at baden pawned his silver plate to make one more unsuccessful journey to win the aid of indifferent princes and fainted often at his tasks after midnight still he wrote to the best and dearest wife of my heart if i only had a letter from you all would be right and promised her to work harder than ever to earn money when constance was at home with him if he left her in the morning before she awakened he would leave her a note with the words good morning my darling wife i shall be home at o'clock precisely once when she had been ill for eight months and mozart was composing beside her as she slept suddenly a noisy messenger entered alarmed lest his wife should be disturbed he rose hastily and the penknife in his hand fell and buried itself in his foot without the word escaping his lips he left the room a surgeon was called and though lame for some time the wife was not told of the accident his compositions found few purchasers for the people generally could not comprehend them publishers shops were closed to him unless he would write in popular style then i can make no more by my pen he said bitterly and i had better starve and go to destruction at once so poor had his family become that with no fuel in the house he and his wife were found by a friend waltzing to keep warm about this time as a pulchral-looking man called to ask that the requiem would be written on the death of the wife of an austrian nobleman who was to be considered the author and thus his intense grief be shown to manifest its real lie mozart consulted with his wife as was his custom and as she endorsed it he accepted the commission for fifty dollars overworked harassed by debts which he could not pay hurt by the jealousies and intrigues of several musicians disappointed at the reception of his new opera at prague his hopeful nature forsook him and he told constance that the requiem would be written for himself in the midst of this wretchedness the sixth child was born the poor wife forgot her own sorrows and prevailed upon him to give up work for a time but the active brain could not rest and he wrote as he lay on his sickbed on the day before he died december fourth seventeen ninety one at two o'clock he 
persisted in having a portion of the requiem sung by the friends who stood about his bed and joining with them in the alto burst into tears saying did i not say that i was writing the requiem for myself soon after he said constance oh that i could only hear my flauto magico and a friend playing it he was cheered a messenger now arrived to tell him that he was appointed organist at st stephen's cathedral a position for which he had longed for years but it came too late death was unwelcome to him now i must go he said just as i should be able to live in peace i must leave my family my poor children at the very instant in which i should have been able to provide for their welfare cold applications were ordered by the physician for his burning head he became delirious for two hours and died at midnight only thirty-five years old constance was utterly prostrated and threw herself upon his bed hoping to die also mozart's body was laid beside his piano and then in a pouring rain buried in a coming grave in the plainest manner possible with nobody present except the keepers of the cemetery weeks after when the wife visited the spot she found a new grave-digger who could not tell where her beloved husband was buried and to this day the author of fourteen italian operas seventeen symphonies and dozens of cantatas and serenades about eight hundred compositions in all sleeps in an unknown grave the emperor leopold aided her in a concert to raise fifteen hundred dollars to pay her husband's debts and provide a little for herself eighteen years afterward she married the danish counsellor baron von nissen who educated her two sons for other children having died salzburg waited half a century before she erected a bronze statue to a world-renowned genius in the square of st michael and seventy years after his death vienna built him a monument in the cemetery of st mark history scarcely furnishes a more pathetic life he filled the world with music yet died in want and sorrow End of chapter eight recording by ellie april two thousand and twelve